Hello, welcome to the Hanks for the Memories. I'm your host, Darren, and today we are in the penultimate uh, of the films from the Golden 14. It is number 13. It is Road to Perdition, uh, which I had put incorrectly in my notes as the Road to Perdition. There is no the. Uh, they obviously listened to Justin Timberlake and they dropped it. Um, this film was released on the 12th of July 2002. Once again, uh, Tom, not quite doing July 4th weekend, but getting close to it. Uh, of course, this is based on a graphic novel, which was adapted. It did okay at the box office. Um, just about kind of made its budget back, basically just doubled it. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% from the audience, 8.1 on IMDb. Uh, Adrian Brody run the Oscar, not Tom, which I think is, you know, daylight robbery. He should have got nominated for something. Um... And before the film came out, there was a bit of controversy in terms of the posters because some of them didn't have the moustache and some of them did have the moustache. But obviously, once we get into the film, we'll talk a lot more about the moustaches of Road to Perdition. Hmm. Joining me uh, to talk about this today, it's a three-way crossover. Uh, joining me from Laying Down the Law, the Jude Law podcast, it's <laughs> Alex Gradette. Hello, Alex. Uh, I have a Jude Law podcast? Yes, yes, absolutely. Laying Down the Law. And joining me from What's New Man, the Paul Newman podcast, it is Norm again. Hello, Norm. <laughs> hey, what's new, everybody? <laughs> oh, I messed up my own catchphrase. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, obviously, I just mentioned those two names because those are obviously the biggest names on the poster after Tom. Uh, he's sharing triple billing, uh, as is the want of poster designers. No poster has any of their names lined up, mm-hmm. apart from Tom. Tom is lined up with his name because, obviously... <laughs> He's Tom Hanks and he's the star. I remember seeing this film. It was the 29th of September. Not quite the 21st. Uh, 2002. Uh, I saw it at 10 past 3 in the afternoon. Uh, apparently I was just like, hmm, let's go see the cinemas. Um, and uh, I saw it because obviously I enjoyed uh, American Beauty. I was a big fan of Sam Mendes. Um, before the film, like before he even got into making films, um, Sam Mendes was like a name. Like he, I, it's very rare that this happens, but like he was directing plays in like the West End, and people were like, "Oh, Sam Mendes, he's a good, I don't know, play director, whatever mm-hmm. you call that." Um, and when he made his debut, it was you know kind of big news. The fact that uh, he'd, uh, I think it was uh, funded by DreamWorks. So the fact that he was mm-hmm. like working with Spielberg straight away, and then for this, um, this film was produced by. Uh, Richard D. Zanuck and Dean Zanuck. I think I can't remember. I think Dean is the is he the son of uh, Richard? Um, Richard's father, of course, produced the Planet of the Apes films, made his money for Fox that way. Um, obviously, this is produced by 20th Century Fox uh, and also co-produced with DreamWorks because Sam Mendes was still working with them. Um, he brings back Conrad L. Hall, who did the the cinematography for uh, American Beauty, and this was the last film he worked on. The film is, of course, dedicated to him. He died in uh, uh, just as the film was released. Mm. Um, mm. So uh, you know, and the music, of course, by Tom Newman, uh, who did you know, who worked with uh, with with Sam Mendes on American Beauty as well, would continue to work with him going forward. I think uh, Thomas Newman has actually scored a few films that Tom Hanks has already been in. Mm. Um, mm. So you know, uh, including I don't know the if we'll, if we'll we get into it, but like this movie to me felt like he just took his score for Shawshank mm-hmm. and then scribbled out the title, <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, it's a new score, guys," because <laughs> it was just so like, "Holy crap, this is a Shawshank <laughs> sounding movie." <laughs> I mean, there is some there is some Irishness in it as well. They he did like of, Irish it up just a little, a bit. very little bit, but but. <laughs> But Thomas Newman, who is uh, who's a composer I enjoy, but he basically has two modes, which one is this very sort of 
the, this very sort of jangly, like zith, almost zithery, like like the six feet under theme, where it's all you know very yeah, very yeah. pizzicato, very and then he but then also the also the player the player is mm-hmm. that entire soundtrack of the but player even, is very much and even if you listen to the the James Bond scores that Newman did for the the two Sam Mendes movies like they still have that kind of that kind of jangle to them like that's what he brought to it but then he also has that Shawshank like the slow rising strings which feels like you know which feel like it's not it's not uh dissonant like the end of a day in the life but it's that very like crescendoing to you know very slow crescendo to a very grand kind of emotional build uh and he just kind of mm. toggles between the two i mean obviously he was you know, like we say he works with sam mendez mm. but also uh he does the score for bridge of spies and saving mr banks so mm. he's worked with tom hanks a bit as well uh in the future uh, in this, we get, a, I mean, we get a small amount of Jennifer Jason Lee. She's in a couple of scenes mm-hmm. playing the mm. wife of Tom Hanks. Um, this is around the time. Like, I remember in like the, the 2000 onward until like the last couple of years, there seemed to be like a Jennifer Jason Lee drought hmm. for a while. Like she was massive in the 90s. And then it just felt like, oh, you should be in this, but gets killed after like 15 minutes. And then it's just like, yeah, you just didn't see her around for like a long time. And then she kind of came back about five years ago. It's like, she's everywhere again. I, I, I was yeah, just wondering, it, like, it, what the... It may be coincidental, but I feel like her, like, like that period of disappearance kind of covers her marriage to Noah Baumbach. And her reemergence mm. postdates the divorce. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm not trying to spin conspiracy theories here, but who knows? Um, and yeah, I remember thinking at the time, I remember thinking at the time that her casting in this was like... It, it was strange to see an actress so prominent get, you know, get killed so early. But I think that's, you know, for the purpose of like really, really making it hit like like th- in this sort of movie, she would absolutely be the fourth build person and be, you know, be with us the whole time. because She's Jennifer Jason Lee. But then next thing you know, she gets to she gets to um, picture rap at about the 15 minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, do either of you guys remember seeing this for the first time? Uh, obviously, you know, I still have my ticket, so I exactly I remember exactly when I first saw this. Mm. Um, I do. Do either of you recall? I do. I um, I remember missing it when it for uh, I missed it in first run, uh, because that was uh, that was a very crowded summer. Like I remember it was it was elbowing for space with like spider-man and and minority report and a kajillion other things that haven't necessarily stood the test of time but like it's that's oh and uh born identity was around the same time like there was it was yeah there was really attack of the clones was taking up a lot of screens yeah yeah there was a there was a lot eating up the oxygen that summer so uh but i remember there used to be I'm, I would say I'm dating myself, but we're talking about a 20-year-old movie, so that ship has sailed. <laughs> but in Times Square, I was living in New York at the time, and in Times Square, there used to be a Virgin Megastore, and in the basement of the Virgin Megastore was a second-run movie yeah. theater. And yeah. um, there was... I can't remember if it was... I, I remember going to see it by myself, uh, which was a thing I really enjoyed doing at the time. I enjoy doing it now if it's still an option. Uh, but, you know, no, no discussion no debate no well i'm free from one to four so we got to do it then just i'm going to go and see this movie now and i and i feel like it was around november when i finally got around to it so about this time of year uh very of kind of i think a more appropriate time of year to watch this movie which has a very pull your collar up against the cold feel to it um 
I mean, I can understand putting it out in the summer, but I couldn't. After I saw it, I was I was completely blown away. I thought it was beautiful to look at. I thought uh, it was such a departure from American Beauty, but absolutely, uh, you know, for for this being a director's second movie is absolutely wild. Um, and uh, I remember just being blown away by the movie, but not surprised that it had sort of gotten lost in the shuffle in the summertime. See, I, I, I do remember. I remember seeing it for the first time. I remember it was a video rental, mm. but the, I, I remember more like the discourse around it because it it was um, it absolutely had a lot of you know buzz because it's like oh it's like the guy who made American Beauty. Mm-hmm. It's his second feature. Like it was a big deal, and uh, the, the year it came out, it was just very particular because this was the first Tom Hanks movie post nine eleven, mm. and I remember there was active like articles written about like. Does the world need... Because the whole thing, the big selling point of Roy de Perdition, as I recall at the time, was like, this is Tom Hanks as you've never seen him before. This is beloved uncle of America, Tom Hanks, as a bad guy. <laughs> like, he's a ruthless killer and stuff. And then, obviously, 9-11 happens, and the, you know, the, the America and you know, the world at large is kind of like in a bit of a bummer mood. And they, they yeah, art- articles were written were like, does the world need this Tom Hanks now? Like... Why, if all the movies he could have made now, why is this the one to come out and stuff? It was just like, obviously he probably would have been in production before that ever happened, but it was just, there was this more of a controversy around the idea of like, oh my God, is this like, you know, are things getting so dire in the world that even Tom Hanks is a bad guy in a movie? Have we no hope? Is there no levity on screen anymore and stuff? And, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And this, I, yeah, I just particularly remember the amount of people just talking, like, and that was really built up to see how, like, ruthless a killer this guy is going to be in the movie. And you watch it, and it's like, yeah, he's a bad guy, I guess, kind of. But he's not, like, he's still kind of Tom Hanks. So you're sort of like, oh, I still like him, though. <laughs> just, in the in the entire film, you, I don't think you ever see Tom Hanks shoot a gun and the bullet go into someone. Yes. You, right. you see yeah. him shoot guns, but it's framed so you can't see what's happening. Uh, yeah. I'd listened to this uh, when I watched this film, uh, you know, to refresh my memory. Uh, I listened to the commentary, which I'd listened to before. Um, and there's some interesting stuff that Sam Mendes says, which, you know, I'll point out uh, as the film goes on. Mm. But my favorite thing is that he refers to uh, Daniel Craig as Danny, mm. uh, which I love. Yeah. Every single time Daniel Craig was on screen, he keeps going. He'll talk about him. He'll say Danny. And it's just like. That's my favorite thing in the entire world that somebody calls James Bond Danny every single time yeah. they see him. I, I um, another thing I I really remember about it though, because I know you kind of alluded to something with the, do with the poster there, uh, Darren. But one of the other big things I remember is that the original poster came out where they're yeah. all kind of mm-hmm. the the same and the kid in the rain, and they're very their faces are covered in shadow, and it was like, oh, this is really cool. And then like it was either immediately after it came out. Or, like, just before, but then they just, all of a sudden, a new poster appeared where Tom Hanks' face seemed to be so slammed into it to be like, <laughs> no, it's Tom Hanks, right? Like, look, no, you know who this guy, as if the marketing department panicked at the last minute. Oh, and we're like, sure. well, a lot of people don't realize it's a Tom Hanks movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, there was a, I mean, those posters did have in big letters from the, from the director of American Beauty, you know, it basically won, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the best picture Oscar, like, you know, 18 months prior, so... Um, you know, there was the emphasis on that, but also, yeah, like they, it's they, it's like they felt like uh, someone's kind of shadowed face wasn't enough to sell this, so they they had to kind of change the poster, um, yeah, just so you know who's in it. And and it's funny too because, it, like, obviously, it's going to say from the director of American Beauty because of the success of that movie, but it's not like they are a tonal match at all. I mean, definitely. 
Sam Mendes has his his stylistic tropes that he brings to bear in both. And there, you know, there's there's a detachment and there's this sort of perfection of frame. And he brought Conrad Hall along, like you said. Um, but it was so funny to me, like years, years later, I remember on two occasions having to deputize this movie into an argument because like when people were like when when Daniel Craig was announced for excuse me my good friend Danny when he was announced for um yeah. <laughs> when he was announced for James Bond and everyone was like oh i don't who is it like who's this freaking lightweight like whatever and i'm like you haven't seen road to perdition have you um and then a few years after i remember like even like up to like an honest trailer for for Skyfall when they were like, like, you know, from, from a director whose previous like, uh, action experience is this. And it just cuts to like the plastic bag scene from American beauty. And I'm like, okay, it's a funny joke, but like, you clearly have not seen road to perdition. Like this guy, <laughs> yeah. can, this guy, what? this guy has the chops. Come on. I think, I think the irony as well, of course, is he also did Jarhead. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, and Rev and Revolutionary Revolutionary Road has got mm-hmm. some, some good fighting in it. Um, the irony with Jarhead, of course, is nobody fires a shot. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the it's like a war movie where nobody fires a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas obviously in this, there's a lot of gunfire. But yeah, like the joke of like the new James Bond director, you know, directing American Beauty, you know, and American it's like Beauty, and it's yeah. like yeah, that's funny, but it's 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 disingenuous at best. You've, yeah, you skipped his last four films. <laughs> I mean the. In a, in a way we go, there's some action that, you know, happens right at the start that I'm sure would suit James Bond. Mm. Um, I understand he is a cunning linguist. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about Jennifer Jason Lee, but also the revelation in this, of course, is the fact that young Superman mm-hmm. is... for Now, for to make things easy, uh, I'm going to do what Sam Mendes did and refer to Tom Hanks always as Sullivan and refer mm-hmm. to his son always as Michael, because they're both called Michael. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be saying Michael Jr. and Michael Sr. for the, the entire thing, so we will, we, will, we will stick to that. So for the yeah. role of Michael, we have uh, <laughs> Tyler... I can never know how to say his surname. I think it's Heuklin. Um And he was in Team Wolf, and now he's Superman in the Arrowverse on the CW, yeah. and Superman and Lois. He's potentially and... the best live-action Superman since Christopher Reeve. Like, a guy... It's yeah. one of those things of, like, going into the TV show, like, oh, who is this guy? What the... And then you watch him, it's like, oh, my God, I, he's, like, a great I, Superman. I will say happened? that the only bit of Superman and Lois I've watched was the cold open of the pilot, which was sort of the catch-up of his, his you know... Clark Kent as a child and early days of Superman years and just watching like that five minute thing I'm like oh yeah this guy is this guy is a thousand percent the part yeah yeah he's, he's always been good on Supergirl the episodes of Supergirl where they kind of like they were coy in the first season of Supergirl about the existence of Superman and they just kept having mm-hmm. um, Supergirl like ha- she had <laughs> no picture in her phone for Superman it was just like it just said like hmm. cousin or something um, and then obviously in the second season they were like I we can't keep doing this. We're going to have to actually have Superman. <laughs> and so that's when they cast him. Um, and they actually kind of... They also... It's also possible... It's also possible they, they, of course, wanted to keep their options open. And even as far as how much they would want to include Superman. And then I feel like someone rented Everybody Wants Some. And they're like, hell with it. We've got our <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh, yeah, he's great in that. Um, I mean, I love that film. I love Everybody Wants Some. That's one of my... It's got one of my favorite... My favorite it's actors a, of all time, which is uh, the son of uh, Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, um, mm. who is yes, so yeah, he is he's great. So good in, he's so good in everything. 
Um, even people were maligning mm-hmm. him in the 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 you know the the Disney Plus show with the the guys Falcon um, and Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I think he yeah. he, he understood as they say he understood the assignment. He knew what he was doing. He's playing a guy who's not as good as the proper Captain America. He's like a fake Captain America. He you know the suit doesn't fit properly. He doesn't mm-hmm. look right. That's the point. That's the you know it's Wyatt Russell. He's great. Um, mm. Yeah, I would have I I I would have loved him in uh, I would have loved it if. Uh, and no disrespect to Alden Ehrenreich, but like if Wyatt Russell had been the lead in Solo, I think it's possible that movie might have the that movie might have met a different fate at the box yeah. office. Um, and mm-hmm. also, I think he could have pulled you know, it off. Why did they de-age Kurt Russell for Guardians Two when they could have just had Wyatt Russell? <laughs> I oh. Um, Watching the damn movie, I said I I leaned over to my wife five minutes into that movie. I'm like, why aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Wyatt Russell? So. Uh, and and as we said, obviously, um, our boy Danny is in this, uh, and uh, you know, the, what... we, one of the big revelations to the fact, like, I would never have thought, like, oh, Daniel Craig, Danny Craig, for yeah. Paul Newman's kid, mm-hmm. and then you see them together, and you're like, holy crap, that's like genius casting, like, yeah. he looks just like him. Sam Mendes, when this when this happens in the film, when when you see Daniel Craig's piercing blue eyes for the first time, he said the entire reason they cast him was because obviously Paul Newman is famous for having piercing blue eyes. And <laughs> yeah. that was all they went with was the eyes. They're like, that's it. After the eyes, they didn't care about anything else. They were just like, this is it. He's That's hmm. his son. Uh, that hmm. was the sole thing. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, love Daniel Craig. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done Knives Out Minute. Um, <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of him in that. Um, and once he eventually arrives, we'll talk about Jude Law, but he takes forever to get into this film. Um, <laughs> 